Good morning, guys, and welcome to another edition of the CEO Story. We have Isaac Lee, the co-founder and head of innovation at GrandPad. Isaac, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm really, really excited to speak to you today. Love what you guys are doing over at GrandPad and how it's helping the elderly community. Can you just tell us firstly a little bit about GrandPad and then about yourself and then we can dig into all of the details after that. Sure. So GrandPad is a purpose-built tablet solution designed for seniors and specifically those over 75. Our target user is somebody who has either never used technology before or has used technology and has been frustrated with the solutions. So the way we make a solution for them is we actually created a purpose-built custom tablet designed just for this group, um, extra loud front-facing speakers, big screen, um, things like auto on, uh, wireless charging so it fits in a wireless charging cradle when you're not using it and turns into a photo frame. And then we designed custom software that makes it easy to use, again, for people who aren't familiar with technology. So doing a video call or sharing a photo with a, a loved one has never been easier uh, through the GrandPad solution. And my role at GrandPad is leading our innovation and employee experience. So um, I look at what are all the emerging technologies um, and things that are kind of, you know, coming up in the world that maybe um, are still far out in the future, maybe a couple years in the future, and thinking about how can we bring those to this group, people over 75, who are often the most left out by new technologies. Amazing. I really love it. I think... Uh... Firstly, it's a great idea because elderly people are just not the most tech savvy. So for them to have a custom interface that's kind of in line with their avatars, let's call it, is perfect. How did you come about starting the business and how did you get into that? Yeah, so this business, um, it came out of a deep personal need. Uh, my dad and I co-founded the company together about seven years ago. And really, it was born out of this issue of... Um, my family and uh, my parents, we all lived out in California. My grandma lived in Iowa. And she had severe hearing issues, so phone calls just didn't work for her. Video calls theoretically would work great, but it was such a frustrating experience for her to get on the video call. Um, she grew frustrated and no longer wanted to do the Skype calls because it was always such a pain just to join and get on the call. But when we were on the call, it worked great. She could read our lips. We could type in the chat. So the hearing... Um, problems that she had weren't as big of an issue on video calls. So my dad and I really looked at this problem and were sad in that, you know, technology, which is both of our backgrounds, was failing my grandma. She was a brilliant lady. She ran her own bookstore her entire life. And, you know, she, um, she struggled with the technology, not because there was anything wrong with her, but because the technology just wasn't designed for her. So we decided, hey, what would a solution look like? What would it be like if it was easy for my grandma to do a video call with us? And um, we quickly uh, formed a, a team and built uh, MVP1, our minimum viable product, version 1.0, where it was just a simple way for her to do a video call with us. She could just press one button on a preloaded tablet that we sent her and join a video call. And what we learned was when the video calling experience was sufficiently simple where she didn't have to worry about the technology and getting logged in and all that if she could just press a button and be connected with us it was a delightful experience for her. she could do a video call she started wanting to do video calls with us again so from there we decided wow we actually can solve problems like this if we make it designed for my grandma so 
we started iterating and thought about, okay, what about photos? What about email? What about music? And out of those learnings, we decided to start GrandPad, which, you know, over this last seven years has grown into what it is today. That's amazing. So I love, let me just repackage that and reframe it into some kind of concise bullet points. So the first one is that you had a need and a problem that you wanted to solve for yourself. That same problem was also shared by tens of thousands, if not millions of people, as the population is getting older and living longer. There's more and more elderly people that are just not tech savvy. So there's a huge demand for that market elsewhere as well. Um, I'm guessing the harder part then was not so much on the creating the solution because we already have tablets and customizing software because like you said, that's all kind of more straightforward. But it's more along the lines of getting the healthcare people to adopt this solution or the elderly people to try something new. How did you deal with that? Because as we know, a lot of elderly people are kind of stuck in their ways or not open to trying new things. So there's a lot of other obstacles. I think the idea obviously makes a lot of sense. but there's other issues to kind of hurdles to jump over. Can you talk us through some of that? Yeah, it was, it was a really interesting journey um, figuring out how we get the word out about our solution. Um, We knew it worked great for my grandma and the others that we tested with. um, And we wanted to spread that message. So in the first, you know, year and a half, um, we thought maybe the best approach is to go directly to the users, to the people over 75 who could get it for themselves. So, um, I spent those uh, that year and a half going to all the different um, senior facilities, nursing homes all around Orange County. We would host little, um, you know, events where we'd bring in food. People could join for free. We'd maybe have an activity, and then we'd tell them about GrandPad. And we got tons of great learnings about the product, what people liked, what they didn't like. Tons of great um, observation of people engaging with the product with hundreds and hundreds of seniors. So wonderful learnings. But the problem was nobody bought one when we did that. Um, and it was kind of strange because we'd get great feedback, but no one would end up actually buying the grant pad for themselves. So, you know, it was this kind of challenge of, hey, why, why doesn't anyone want to actually buy this product right now? But what we learned was people would say things like, oh, this is great, but let me check with my son or daughter. You know, they're the tech savvy one or they're, I usually ask them about things like this. So the learnings we ended up finding was GrantPad is a product that really, um, at least in the direct-to-consumer model, it's typically bought as a gift. So it's typically the adult son or daughter, the adult children, buying it as a gift for their parents. Um, And once we flipped to that model, we switched to, instead of a kind of sales model going to senior communities, we started selling online direct-to-consumer, marketing it as a gift for your parents to stay more connected in your family. And once we switched to that model, um, it really started resonating and taking off where people not only saw the value, but willing to, to purchase a grant pad for their loved one. That's really, really smart and well done for doing that. So the takeaways I'm hearing there is that you did a lot of user testing with the end user, uh, which went great. And this is often what happens with tester groups or like environments where people are testing prototypes or products, where the end user loves the product. There's not an issue with the product at all. Uh, and the feedback's great but getting people to actually give you the credit card or make or take the payment is the biggest obstacle. And you figured that out pretty quickly in terms of, hey, these aren't the decision makers, it's the kids, and then pivoted to a model that was more congruent for that type of person to make that purchase, which works out better for you if it's online because it's a more tech-savvy buyer, and therefore you can find them a lot easier than an elderly person 
at a care home. So that was actually really smart. So that's a great takeaway from there. So can we talk a little about a little bit about how you educated the market with your solution? Because this is like a relatively new or emerging category compared to, to many others out there and takes another level of adoption. So how did you go about creating that? Yeah, so one of the things that we um, decided early on with our solution, we wanted to make it a turnkey solution that had really everything you need. If you think about buying something like a standard tablet for a parent or loved one who's you know um, maybe in their 70s or 80s, you have to buy the device, you have to buy a case, get a cellular data plan if you need it, make sure you have Wi-Fi set up, install all the apps, the services, Apple ID, all those different things. We wanted to solve all those problems. So our solution, it's a subscription. So you don't actually buy anything up front. You just pay a monthly subscription, which includes hardware, all the software, all the apps, music, games, phone calling. It also includes your cellular data connectivity. So the user doesn't need Wi-Fi in their own home. It's connected to nationwide LTE out of the box just when you open it up. So you never have to worry about fumbling for Wi-Fi passwords or having outdated routers. But because our solution was so all-inclusive like that, it, it was new. It's not the typical... Um, you know, it's not the typical, I buy this device for X dollars um, type of approach. So yeah, we really spend a lot of time marketing how this is a, a solution. It's solving an important problem in your life and that it's hassle-free. Now with GrandPad, someone can just ship it directly to their, uh, to their parent. The packaging is simple. So we have our oldest user um, was 114. People can unbox it on their own, even if they maybe have some dexterity challenges, they open it out of the box. It's already logged in when it arrives. There's no set up Apple ID, Wi-Fi, password entry step. It's literally set up for you when you take it out of the box. So we really tried to show that ease of use um, in our messaging so that people knew that we're not just a product that you buy, we're helping them solve a problem that exists in their life. No, that's, that's really, really fantastic. I love how you've thought through all of those additional obstacles and hurdles and just made them like go away because that that is really the core of the product, isn't it? It's the we, we are, you can take us out of the box and press one button and away you go, connect with your family, which is a lifesaver for, for a lot of elderly people that just want to connect or they're lonely and they live, like you said, like your grandma lives a long distance away from you. So you can kind of continue having that relationship and that bond with your grandma and know that she can message you or video you whenever she likes, which is awesome. So great job there. So talk a little bit about growing the company. So you had this great idea with your, with your dad and sounds like a fantastic project to work with together. Um, and then you put the pieces together and formed the company and started it. And then how did you grow it to what you're a hundred plus employees right now? Right? So that's, yeah, that's right. fantastic growth in the six plus years that you guys have been at it. Uh, so congratulations for that. But kind of, can you run us through the milestones or the major steps along the way? Sure. Uh, so the first uh, milestone after building the MVP was um, getting our first hundred customers. And um, I think anyone who started a business can tell you the first hundred customers is definitely the hardest um, because you're you're convincing people to kind of take a leap of faith on something new. There's not as much validation of your solution. Um, there's not a lot of information about it. So we really spent um, a lot of time getting those first 100 customers, which was, you know, at first it was going to all the different senior facilities around Orange County and then selling online um, direct to consumer to the, the uh, sons and daughters of, of the seniors. So that was a big milestone for us. And it took um, quite some time. I mean, it was, I think, in the second or um, about 
it was after the first year, so between the first and second year of, of starting to get 100 customers, which was very challenging for us. But once we got there, then we really started ramping up and understanding what messages resonated. So we started accelerating our direct-to-consumer um, and growing to thousands of customers over the coming years. And then, um, you know, as we've grown, one of the other big milestones for us was hitting 100 employees um, because... As you grow and you reach these these larger numbers, you go from 10 to 20 um, and you keep doubling, um, maintaining a great company culture becomes a challenge. And if not done very intentionally, if not growing very intentionally, the culture can either stagnate or worse erode. So that's where we've invested a lot of time in building a great company culture. So our culture not only um, stays wonderful over time as we grow, but actually improves. So we've seen that not only are we able to keep and retain great people, but we're able to keep um, adding new fantastic employees to the team as we grow. So we're, we've been really, um, really proud of that. And then what the are last some of the things that you've done in terms of culture, I'm always interested in, in seeing how people develop and build culture. So what are some of the things that you've done to kind of harness that uh, coming together and that culture of togetherness? Yeah. Um, one of the most important things, um, actually the most important thing we believe is being a very mission driven company. So our mission is to improve the lives of millions of seniors by reconnecting them with their families, friends, and caregivers. It's the first thing we'll say with anyone we interview or we tell about the company and we look for people who share that same mission. Um, you know, it's starting a company and growing, growing from zero is a very, uh, hard thing to do. Um, and it's hard to be part of a startup team. It's a lot of hard work and um, a lot of challenges. But if you have a clear mission in sight and you're working towards something that you believe in, um, then it, it makes it all the much easier. So we hire for mission people who believe in that mission. Um, and then secondly, we are very upfront with what our culture is. Um, every new employee that we join to the team, I take them through a, about an hour and a half presentation of our culture deck. We were very inspired by Patty McCord's um, book and thoughts on developing a, a culture deck. So I take them through that. We share very explicitly what the culture is, what we are shooting for, what we aspire for it to be, so that everyone has kind of a same, uh, has the same language and thought process around what is our true company operating system. So mission-driven and being very upfront with what the culture is are, are two of the most important things that we do. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I wish a lot more companies would do that. Um, so congratulations on that. And then Obviously, things weren't always rosy and sweet every single step of the way. So can you take us through some of the struggles that you encountered and then what you did to overcome those? Yeah. So, you know, one of the um, earliest challenges as we were starting the company was, you know, we, we were getting good user feedback and we wanted to grow. We were looking for um, investment. And one of the challenges that we often got um, or some of the objections we had was, oh, well, iPads, you're competing with Apple everyone can just get an iPad. And also that, yeah, seniors know how to use tablets, you know, um, why can't, why can't they just use an iPad? That that's easy enough. Um, and we would get these objections a lot. Um, and you know, it was hard to overcome because people maybe, maybe they, the investor themselves, maybe they were very tech savvy and they were maybe in their seventies. So they feel, Oh, well, um, I don't need this. Why does anyone else need this for instance? Um, and again, people thought we were competing directly with Apple what we ended up having to do was, again, we really focused on mission with investors and people who would believe in the issue that we're trying to solve. When people have parents or loved ones or friends who are older and struggle with technology, um, 
because of that, they're more isolated. They can't stay in touch with their family members. They see the problem. This is one where people who know and have seen this problem, they, they get it instantly. And people who haven't seen this problem firsthand, it's harder for them to, to grasp. So we really focused on getting investors um, joining us that believed in our mission, saw the problem firsthand, and were excited for us to, to solve this problem. So that's really um, how we overcame that challenge. That makes a lot of sense. And I think people that have that same issue or same problem can see it from that same lens as well, which obviously then makes your job a lot easier if you're on the same level from the beginning. Um, that's fantastic. So what other issues did you kind of come across as you scaled past us up to then past 100 people? Yeah, um, another uh, challenge that we've um, been happy to be overcoming lately is you know, we've seen that GrandPad is a great way to um, connect people and their families and friends, but we also uh, strongly believe that it's a great way for people to connect with their doctors and, and medical professionals that are relevant to them. Um, and, you know, along the way, we've been looking to um, have more healthcare partners so that GrandPad can be a way for doctors to, to talk to their patients in their home. Um, and it had been a challenge to, um, you know, to get that adoption, to really partner with these um, healthcare companies and have them roll out grand pads um, just for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, they're focused on a lot of different things, but one thing that's really accelerated that has been um, the impact of COVID-19. We've seen that now, you know, there's just no option other than to be able to connect with people in their own home. Um, coming to the doctor's office is not safe or feasible for, for many people, especially um, older demographics. So we've now seen this kind of, uh, um, awakening or leap leap um, in the needs of healthcare companies where now it's not just a, a nice to have before telemedicine for many was a nice to have. Now it's a need to have. It's the way that they do business. So we've seen now, you know, we're getting great adoption with lots of different um, healthcare partners where grandpads in the home. It's now the primary way that the care team, their doctors are able to communicate with them. We're seeing that now they're actually having much more communication with their patients than they were before when they had to rely on transportation, getting them into the, into the office. Um, now they can you know, have short calls multiple times a week if needed, and we're seeing great uh, feedback both from the patients and from the doctors. Well, yeah, that, that makes so much sense. Um, and obviously is definitely the way forward, especially for high-risk people or the elderly. You don't want to be around anything. Uh, I don't necessarily want to leave your house unless unless you really have to. So that makes a lot of sense. How how do you see the market kind of changing and innovating over the next few years, other than obviously telemedicine? Yeah, I think um, you know we see that our role is to find these these new technologies and adapt them into a way that's useful for um, our core users. So as things evolve, um, you know, new technologies like augmented reality and others, we're going to be very keenly watching uh, those technologies and seeing if, if it makes sense to bring them to our demographic. But the core focus is what can actually improve people's lives, connect them with their family, friends, and caregivers. We also see other opportunities um, in healthcare to have more connected devices. So not only is it a portal to connect with you know, uh, your physician, but also a portal for other connected devices which can keep track of your well-being so that the user is empowered to have that data for themselves so that they can share it with their doctor if they wish to have a better sense of their overall well-being. No, that makes a lot of sense. I love everything that you guys are doing, what you stand for, and ultimately how you're helping change people's lives. I think at the core of it, that that's like such a powerful thing to do. So 
keep up the good work. I'd like to end, Isaac, with, with one question. If you had to split or attribute your success over three factors, being drive, skill, and luck, how would you do that? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, so let's address the, the luck first. I think um, we were lucky to start at a time when a few things aligned. One is um, the, the cost of electronics was sufficiently low that we were able to actually build our own custom tablet. That's just kind of a, a timing thing, which, which luck is a factor in. Also that the um, data costs and data connectivity for LTE nationwide, you know, 10 years ago or even, um, yeah, or, you know, 10 years ago, this business wouldn't have been possible if, if we started at that point because there just wasn't the ubiquitous um, LTE connection needed to have video calls be a turnkey um, on a device like ours for people who don't have Wi-Fi in their home. Um, and also now, you know, um, with COVID-19, the, the need for what we're doing has really been greatly amplified. So I think um, that's how I think about luck as a factor. Drive, um, we were very driven to build this product because we wanted to connect uh, with my grandma in Iowa. Um, my grandma passed away a few years ago, but we were able to enjoy, you know, um, the last years of her life being more connected than ever, doing video calls. Um, all the time and really staying connected with her. So we had a very um, keen drive to solve that problem. And that drive of knowing that, you know, many of our users, it was, um, you know, the generation from World War II and others, these are people who, um, you know, they've lived great lives and done so much for us. We want to give them great benefits um, in the time that they have left. So that's been something that's really driven us um, as well. And uh, what was the third factor you said as well? The one was skill. Skill. Um, I think in terms of skill, um, we were also very lucky in that um, the initial team members that we had join our team, um, Brian Burns is our uh, engineering lead, the first person we hired, the second person we hired is our chief architect, David Tyler. Uh, these are two fantastic uh, developers, leaders, and people who have really helped us grow. Um, the skill that they have, plus the skill of the other early members of the team has really um, allowed us to grow in a way that wouldn't have been possible without them. So I think um, skill was a big factor. So it's, it's hard to weight them. I think they're all weighted fairly equally, but we've been lucky to uh, start the business during the right circumstances and also lucky to bring great team members on early on who have the skills to get us to uh, where we are. Yeah, I think uh, you make some great points there. So thanks for sharing that perspective in terms of one, uh, having great team members will elevate any team to be better. And normally what happens is companies bring in some good people, they get to kind of a plateau point, and then there's a decision to be made. Hey, do we bring in a higher level of staff to kind of meet the next point, or do we just stay where we are? So it definitely sounds like you guys have constantly been adding new and better talent to keep growing continuously. So that's really good to see. Uh, Isaac, thank you so much for your time. We'll put the link below to uh, GrandPad so people can check out your website directly. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Casey. Appreciate it.